0: All right, everybody. So before we start the skit, we're just waiting for one more person. But, you know, I really encourage you all to really see what the skit is about. You know, they're not going to talk. So you really have to see, like, be focused and paying attention because you're not going to hear anything. And I really, truly believe that the Lord is going to speak to many of you through this skit. You just need to be willing to hear, willing to see, you know. So, yes. Give them a round of applause as they get ready to start, please.
1: Get over to Skitty one more time. Amen. That was, that was awesome. I haven't seen that, but that was good. But I, I'm going to come back to it because that was super, super powerful. I, wanted, I want that to be a reminder, especially when we're living a lifestyle of sin versus a lifestyle of Christianity and discipleship. So uh, continue on with our sermon series. We're staying in the sermon series of connected. Somebody say connected. 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 And we're doing discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. Amen, so we're sticking to discipleship, and what is a disciple? Many of you ask, and some of you don't know what it is, but you're going to find out today what a disciple is, okay? So first of all, you need to get connected to discipleship, because discipleship has many benefits, all right? It's not something that's going to benefit us as leaders, but it's going to benefit you as disciples, and even as me as a disciple when I first went through discipleship, okay? So we don't only just do it because we're commanded to, because as we see in the Bible, we are commanded to. And I'm going to show you shortly why it says that and where it says that, okay? But a disciple by definition, okay? I wanted to break it down for you guys so you guys know what it is. A disciple is a personal follower of Jesus during his life, especially one of the 12 apostles or a student so a student or a disciple somebody that's typically following the figure so in christianity we follow jesus as the main figure of what a disciple really is so this doesn't only just mean to do or say what jesus did but we're going to go above and beyond what he says what we can do because jesus says follow me jesus says that we're going to do greater miracles than he did so we got to believe that and do that in the name of jesus amen Amen. So if you could turn with me to Matthew 16, 24, okay? So we are going to stick to the NIV for the most part, but I am going to jump to different translations just so you know, okay? So if it's not on the karaoke screen, trust that I'm saying it correctly, that I'm reading it to you correctly. Or if you want to open up your Bible's apps, go ahead, because there's different translations there, okay? So let's read this together. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, somebody say my disciple, my must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will find it. And I know this is kind of crazy to hear because a lot of you think, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me if I try to save my life, I'm going to lose my life. Yes, you will lose your life, okay? But if you lose your life, then you will be saving your life because of Christ. Amen? Amen? So I want you to ask yourself... Oscar, don't even ask me. Just say it, say it to yourself. How do I get connected to discipleship? And a lot of you guys are already thinking about the 101 and 201, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. But it says in John 8, 31 through 38, if you could turn there with me. Uh, we're we're going to show the NIV version, but I'm going to read the ESV version just because I like the translation to that a little bit more. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, Jesus says my word. Somebody say my word. word. Or his word. My bad, not my word. His word. Say his word. word. Amen. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Literally, as that skit. Literally, they're all stuck in sin. They're all stuck on the chair and they don't understand Why? And not until they read the Bible, not until they saw the truth, they were set free. Otherwise, they, they were stuck there. They were stuck there. They couldn't get off. It's only through Jesus that you could be set free. Because let me tell you something. There's people today, super successful. They have the money. They have the house. They have whatever they want. They have the new iPhone. They have the new PlayStation 5. They have whatever, whatever you, you guys desire. And guess what? It does not bring them happiness. They're still in depression they're still sinning. They're still suck, stuck in sexual morality and they can't get out of it because they are not set free, because they do not know the truth. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That's why they were stuck on that chair, because they were a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. So if their father is the devil, like I said last week, that's those are their intentions. The devil's intentions to seek, kill, and destroy. And just like a child of the devil, you're going to have the same intentions. You're going to be stuck in sin. Jesus says to the people of Abraham, these are people of Abraham. They're thinking, hey, God, God promised a, a covenant to us. We're good. We're good. But now you're t- Jesus is telling them, no, you're not good because you're going to be st- a slave to sin if you're not set free in my word, if you don't abide in my word. So he says that there is only one way to know the truth. And he says, abide in my word. And by continuing to believe in him, and it will set you free. Somebody say free indeed. That is what will set you to be free. Jesus, there's no other answer Sexual morality or any other sin will not set you free. Here's the thing about sin. You may feel satisfied for a couple seconds, but literally after you start to realize that sin does not fill you up. Sin does not set you free. The place where you were in the beginning, you're still stuck there. You are still stuck there. But we need to remember to take up our cross and follow him. Because he says to take up our cross. Think, don't think about it literally. But if you want to, let's think about it literally so you understand where I'm coming from. Jesus picked up the cross. Jesus walked with the cross. The cross weighed approximately about 300 pounds. How easy is it to pick up a cross that's 300 pounds? How easy is it to pick up 300 pounds and walk? It's not very easy. If you can pick up 300 pounds, raise your hand. And if you can't, it's probably not for very long. I can't, so I'm not gonna raise my hand. 300 pounds, it is not easy, but it needs to be done. And just like spiritually, we need to be able to do that. And I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. A lot of us tend to think that because we're Christian, because we follow Christ, it's gonna be the easiest thing ever. No, you're gonna be tempted. You're gonna be tempted. It's not going to be an easy, it's not an instruction manual where it's like, hey, uh, take uh, left foot out, right foot out. It's not that easy. You need to abide in his word. You need to read the word. You need to study the word for your benefit. I don't read the word to make me any more saved than I already am. I'm already saved. But I need to read the word so that way I know to not step in sin. You know, specifically in Proverbs, the first couple chapters, it talks about wisdom. And people without wisdom, you know, we get wisdom from the Bible. People without wisdom don't know where they're going. They said that they're just walking they don't know where they're going. Because literally so much darkness, they they don't know where to go. Literally the word is light to us so that when we walk, we know where to go. We know what to stay away from. Oh, uh, my, friend, my friends are smoking weed. I know to stay away from them now. Or to watch out for that. Hey, I, I know I used to smoke weed and it tempts me. I need to stay away from that. Or, I, I, hey, uh, you know, I have an issue with pornography. I have, to, I have to stay away from it. My friends are into sexual morality. They're always talking about sex. I need to stay away from that. You need, we need to stay away from it. Because in discipleship, through the word, it's going to teach us how to be like Christ. Jesus says in John 13, verses 34 through 35, if you go in there with me. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Literally, it's not just living a life. Literally, live the lifestyle of a disciple. Love one another. I know it's hard to love your neighbor at times, especially if they, who knows, they maybe stole money from you. Or they said something insulting. Or, hey, oh man, this girl didn't compliment my hair. You know, I'm mad at her now. Literally, do not take offense, but encourage one another. Sharpen each other. The Bible says our iron sharpens iron. You need to be that for your brother or sister. As a disciple, as a, as a Christian friend. Because we are not alone, Okay. I am not the only disciple in this church. You are not the only disciple in this church. There's many other disciples that will pour into you. Your leaders will pour into you. They will teach you what it is to be a disciple because they have been disciples themselves. I have been a disciple myself, and I still am a disciple under my leaders. So how do, you, how do we show love? It's We show love through the Great Commission. And for those of you that don't know, That's in Matthew 18, verses 16 through 20. Jesus commands us to do the great commission out of love. Because not only do we want to be disciples ourselves, but we want to make disciples. Say, I want to make disciples. It says in Matthew 18, verses 16 through 20, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him. They worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority has been given to me. All authority. That means the authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So as leaders, we're going to teach you what it is. We're going to teach you what Jesus said. Jesus said, stay away from sin. We're going to teach you how to stay away from sin. Jesus taught us to rebuke you, guys. We're going to rebuke you guys. But it's a, it's a benefit. It's a benefit. It's not a bad thing to be corrected. All right? Here's the thing. No, None of us are perfect. But yet we have leaders to correct us so that we're made perfect in Christ. So if we correct you, if we take you off to the side to tell you, hey, I don't. I don't like the way you spoke to X Y uh, to this person. You need to. You need to clean up your act. Don't speak to them that way. Be a disciple of Christ. Speak to them with love. Correct them. Speak with them. Pour into them. Have devotionals with them. Grow each other. Sharpen each other. And when a leader corrects you, you should say yes, Amen. I receive. It does not feel good to be rebuked. Okay. I have been rebuked before. It does not feel good. TJ has been rebuked before, and it does not feel good. But he receives it, and I receive it. He says, take a licking and keep on ticking. Right, All right? You may be mad the, uh, the first couple minutes or hours if you're very prideful. But you start to learn that they did it out of love, so that way you can grow as a leader, as a disciple, so that way you can make other people into disciples of Christ. Amen? We cannot expect for disciples to come unless we tell them the good news, unless we set the example. It says in Romans 10, verses 14 through 17. That was fast. Okay, it says, How then can they call on the one they have believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they believe in Jesus if they've never heard of him? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? TJ, you have beautiful feet. Joby, you got beautiful feet. I have seen them. I have seen them. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. We want to multiply. That is the end goal. We want to multiply. Here, we always talk about our vision, strategy, and goal. We have a vision of loving God and loving people. Like I said, love your neighbor and love God. And then we have a strategy to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you through the cross. We want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 discipleship. And then we want to send you out for our ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples, 50 churches in Chicago, and 500 around the world. If you believe that, let me get an amen. Amen, because I believe in that. We're multiplying. We have a church here in Chicago, and we have one in Dallas. Amen? We are growing. We are growing because those who are uh, listening to the word of God— about being a disciple, they're being a disciple, and they're going above and beyond of what they're being told. Jesus says, make one disciple. They say, no, we'll make two. They say, they say no, we'll make three, and they continue to multiply. Jesus says, multiply, so we're going to multiply as well. We need to go all out with discipleship. The re- like I said, leaders correct you. So that way, you could be sharpened. So that way, when you walk into the world, when you start to walk back into your high schools in person and not virtually, or even walking out down the street, that you don't get tempted by every little thing that passes by. Because let me tell you, uh, uh, for fellas, you know, it's, it's hard for some of you guys. But literally, we want to walk in a straight path. And it's only through Christ. And it's only through discipleship. So if you're not in discipleship, I want to encourage you right now. Join discipleship. We'll let you more we'll let you know more about it and what it is. You could bring it up. To, well, you could bring it up. So these these are these are our discipleship books that we have have here at the church that we go through as leaders. We have the 101 and the 201. And of course, if you have not done discipleship, we want you to grab a deacon and let them know you want to be in discipleship, and you want to go through this book with them. Welcome to your new life. Seven steps to spiritual growth. This book teaches you what sin is, what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, what it means to be made perfect in Christ. Literally, some of you guys need to, some of you guys need this because you guys are stuck in the same place. You guys are in like a hula hoop, or in a circle where it's like literally you sin. And that's all you do. You continuously go and go and go. And you start to wonder, why, why do I keep doing it? It's because you're stuck in sin. And then when you get discipled and you start to learn the truth, you're not stuck in a circle no more. You're not a dog chasing his, his tail anymore. So literally, we have to be open to that. We need to let Christ change us. Because it says in Colossians 1, 28 through 29, I'm going to read the NLT version. I love the way this version summed it up. But it says, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. It says perfect. Somebody say Perfect. And that means without sin. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on, on Christ's mighty power that works within me. That's why when TJ goes out on Sundays, I know a lot of you go out on Sundays, okay? But That's why you guys go out on Sundays and you guys preach so hard and you guys don't care what people say to you. You don't care what persecution comes your way because Christ tells you to, Christ tells you to love those people to let them know what the good news is, so they may be discipled, so they may multiply. We are, we are not getting anything out of it as leaders. We're not being paid to go out there and disciple you. We're not pay, being paid to go out there and preach. We do it because we're commanded to, and we do it out of love. Amen. That's good. Come on, talk about it. Man, time flies by quick. But we cannot expect people to be connected unless they hear the gospel. You guys know the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. He resurrected. Holy Spirit came. Jesus made us new. I'm set free from sin. I'm free indeed. Somebody say free indeed if you're free. Free Amen but you need to get connected. You need to be hooked up because literally this teaches us so much and we need to be able to receive it wholly. We cannot just expect that it's just going to come to us. We need to seek it because literally step one, doing the basics, experiencing Jesus' work on the cross, overcoming temptation, living by faith, being baptized and taking communion, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, preaching the gospel, These are the subjects within this book. And it took me over five years to get it. It took me over five years. And then when I finally got to this, it didn't take me as long, but still. It took me five years to understand what it was to be a disciple of Christ and to live like Christ. Five years to become perfect in Christ because i wanted to live in my sinful lifestyle i wanted to sit there because i thought it felt good the only reason i came to church was for video games cuz back then if you didn't know like way 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 back the reason i started coming was because the church was playing call of duty and literally for for me that's like it was like, i'm all yeah i'm coming And I was not connected the right way because the only reason I came was for Call of Duty. Ridiculous. So thank God we don't have video games here anymore. Because it's not video games that's going to save my life. It's Christ. And then literally just teaching you, obeying, simply obeying Christ and your leaders will get you out of that circle. And let you grow as a leader. You start to learn about the Bible. You learn how to break it down. So now when you read the Bible, you read it for your own benefit. Read Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, literally chapter by chapter by chapter. It it talks about wisdom and what wisdom is. Wisdom is uh, reading. Wisdom is X, Y, and Z. Without wisdom, like I said, we don't know where we're walking. We're literally just stumbling because we don't know what the truth is. In closing, if I could have mo to the guitar, please, or the worship team. We want to earnestly, earnestly seek discipleship. As Paul says that we should earnestly seek the gifts of prophecy, prophecy we shall earnestly seek the desire to become a disciple. Because we, I cannot do this alone. I was not able to do it alone. Coming every Sunday or coming every Friday isn't enough sometimes. Some of you don't get it. You guys just reading the Bible once a week is not enough for you guys. It was not enough for me. I had to read the Bible every day. I had to get corrected every day. I literally had to go through a book to understand it. And it's not a bad thing to go through the book, just so you know. It's a good thing. But even if it takes you five years, just as long as it took me for you to get it, then we'll go through it with you for five years until you get it. I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna name names, but there is a, a leader in the church that has a disciple, and he he's going through the one-on-one book with him, the uh, same chapter over and over and over and over again. And he said, and this leader said that he will not move on to the next chapter unless their disciple gets it. And if we have to do that with you, where we we, where we every time we meet up, we have to go through the same chapter over and over and over again until you understand what it is to live without sin, to live without temptation. Then we'll do it with you. We are not. We will be patient with you. We will have grace with you. We will righteously rebuke you. And I pray that you receive it humbly and willing to grow. Because there are some people that can get it the first time. But if you're one of them, that's okay. That's okay. The point is for you to get it, for you to become a disciple, and for you to want to have the same desire as us as leaders to multiply, to see people grow. Me personally embraced my heart walking down the streets. sometimes, seeing people live in sin and them not knowing the truth. So for some of you that do know, when we were in S.U.M., we had a trip where we had to go to Mardi Gras and preach the gospel to people. And before we went to Mardi Gras, we had prayer meetings. And I just remember one prayer meeting just crying, bawling my eyes out. Because we were talking about what we expect there. And I was just crying saying that. It hurts to know that there's going to be people out there as we preach to you saying, no, I I don't want to hear that. And they don't know the truth. And tomorrow is not promised for them. And if they were to die today, they're going straight to the pits of hell, straight to the gates of hell, not knowing what the truth was. I thank Christ that I know the truth. But I hope and pray that you guys have this exact same desire as I did when I was going to uh, Mardi Gras to preach the gospel to sinners, to preach the gospel to people that do not know what the truth is. You guys being here, I'm assuming, I'm going to safely assume that you guys know what the truth is. You guys know what the truth is. Now, why are you guys holding the truth from people? I want you to think about that say it to yourself in your minds you don't have to say it out loud why am i holding the truth from people why am i holding the truth from my brothers why am i holding the truth from my sisters they need it they need it if i could have my altar workers please Discipleship is an important aspect in our lives. It should be an important aspect in your lives. Our altar workers are here. If you want to come up with them and pray with them or even ask them what it is to be a disciple and just pray with them through it. Or if you're not saved, to come up with them and pray with them and ask them what it is and what it looks like to be a disciple. And you know what they're going to say? Well, look at me and follow me, and I'll show you what it is to be a disciple as I follow Christ. If I could have everybody please stand up. As we get into an attitude of worship, an attitude of the Holy Spirit, get ready for the Holy Spirit to come in this room and rock your lives. If you do not expect, it will not come. But expect for the Holy Spirit to do wondrous things in your lives and my lives. Because if you are not ready to be sent out, you will not be sent out. I will not, we will not send you out as leaders into a spiritual battle where you will lose. We will send you out into a spiritual battle where you will win when you are ready. But some of you guys don't even know that you're ready or not. During this season, we've already been challenged. For Nini's deadly, literally standing up for our faith. We've been persecuted. And I guarantee you, people that don't know the Bible, people that are not disciples, they quickly fall away, and some of them did. But will you fall away in that scenario? I pray to God that you don't. But let us bow our heads, close our eyes, and just have a moment with the Holy Spirit. This is not a, a quiet place. This is not a library where we need to be quiet. If you feel led to start speaking in tongues, if you feel led to start shouting hallelujah, amen, then go for it. Jesus, God, I pray that we are not satisfied being in the same place, God. I pray, God, that we don't have to be stuck in sin, God. I pray, God, that we get to a place where we could feel your presence every time we pray, God, every time we walk the streets, God. I pray that there is without a doubt, God, without a doubt that we're in sin, God, but we're living perfect and holy lives, God. And I pray that we have the same desire, The same desire to make disciples and get connected to discipleship. But we first, God, but we first need to be connected through discipleship, God. And we willingly, God, and I pray we humbly want to be discipled, God. And be taught what it is to be a leader. Be taught what it is to be a disciple, to walk like Christ, Lord. I pray, God, that we have the desire to learn what it's like, to learn what it is, to walk in the same steps as you, Jesus. I pray that we don't make our own footsteps, God, but we walk in your footsteps, Jesus. Feel free to sing now. Oh. Okay. God,
0: the harvest is yes, ready, God. we have to go. Yeah, I will preach the gospel Die and be forgotten As long as you get the glory yeah, it's I will God. preach the gospel Die and be forgotten yeah, As long God. as you get the glory
1: God I thank you God We're gonna continue to keep an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit here If you feel a need to come up to one of our altar workers and pray for whatever needs you need in your life For anything that you're going through For anything that happened within the week or throughout your life in general where you want to be accountable with the leader we're going to keep that time for you. But I'm going to go ahead and pray a, a prayer of dismissal. Jesus, I thank you, God, for being worthy of it all, God. For being worthy to follow, God. For being worthy of the greatest leader, God. For being the king of kings and lord of lords, God. There's no other, God. I thank you, God, for my leaders, God. And the leaders here serving at Elevate, God. And the leaders to come, Lord. Lord. I pray that you bring them, God. I pray that you bless them, God. And I pray that we multiply, God, so that the world knows, God, the truth, God. It does not matter, God. If we save our lives, God, we are going to lose it, God. But if we lose it for you, God, we are going to save it, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I pray that you just bless every single person here today, God, every single ear that heard over the live stream, God. And for the people that weren't able to come, Lord, I pray that you bless them, God. It's in your mighty name, I pray, and everybody said, "Amen." amen. There are snacks for you in the foyer. Feel free to have snacks. Otherwise, you know, just stay in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit and just soak it up. Dwell in it.